What is going on, you guys? I go by the name Unknown, and you are listening to the Pipe Bomb Podcast. And this is our AEW Dynamite review from the April 8th, 2020 episode. And we're going to jump right into this bitch. I didn't like this episode of AEW Dynamite. I didn't like it at all. I did not like it at all. This was probably the worst or one of the worst episodes of Dynamite. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, it was a pretty decent show like a couple of other YouTubers. No, I personally didn't like it. You guys always know I give my honest opinion. If I like something, I like it. If I hate it, I tell you that I hate it. And I did not like this episode of AEW Dynamite. And we're going to jump right into it. Before we even get into the first match, Jake the Snake Roberts is cutting a promo. Basically saying the same thing that he said in the past couple of weeks about Cody and Brandy. Just set up the match. You're scared of Lance Archer, this, that, and the third, right? Then we're going to get into the first match, and it was Lance Archer versus um Austin. It was something Austin whatever, right? And I guess he was making his AEW Dynamite debut, I believe, and... This match should have ended quickly. He's the guy should have never got any offense in against Lance Archer. That was one of my critiques last week on his on his dynamite um in ring debut was because like even though it was like a shocking debut because he's throwing around a fucking little toy and Marco Stunt, but Marco Stunt should have not gotten offense in for what? This guy is 6'10", 6'11", and he's getting pushed back by a single-legged dropkick from Marco Stunt. And in this one, it was kind of the same thing, except this guy was like about like 6'1", 6'2", and gave him a dropkick or, or fucking insecurity or some shit, and he's fucking stumbled and taken aback by it. This, you should have killed him, not taking so long, just fucking destroy your prey. If you're the lion of AEW, why are you just toying with your prey? Fucking murder your, your competition. Don't fucking toy with it. That was like the only thing I didn't like about this thing. And Lance Archer picks up the victory, even though he looks impressive in the ring. But I want him. I want to see him against somebody credible, like somebody like like um Omega or like like one of the Young Bucks or Trent from Best Friends or or Pack or some shit. You know, someone that could give him a good back and forth. Not crazy, but that's that. The next match we're gonna get into is Doctor Britt Baker versus Akaru Shida. And this was a pretty decent match. This really was. This was a pretty decent match. The only thing I didn't like about this match was two things I didn't like, actually. There was, even though there was some spots a little botchy, we were always going to get that in, in some matches. But this one in particular for the women's matches in AEW, they're always botchy in some spots. And there was a part where fucking Britt Baker... It's like on the outside and they're fighting. Akaru Shida picks her up for like a suplex. Suplex is like stomach first into the like the, the barricade railing. And everyone's holding her down from the crowd because they're like, uh, like heel side, maybe face side. And they're holding Britt Baker down on the thing, on the barricade, so that way Akaru Shida could kick her in the head. Why did the ref allow that? Why in the fuck did the ref allow that? I mean, that's one little critique I would give it, but the match is pretty decent. Um, Britt Baker was... Got hit with a nasty spinning heel kick like in the, later on in the match. And fucking she was bleeding like crazy. It was very reminiscent of when Becky Lynch um, got her nose broken by Nia Jax and stuff. It was very reminiscent of that because the blood was just everywhere. It was on her teeth. Her fucking... It was just everywhere. It, looked, it was just like a really like, okay, that's... I want to see more from Britt Baker now. Now that's like a star-making moment because you can't... 
fake a nosebleed like that and make it look as realistic. Because even when she was white, but it was still fucking flowing from her face, from her nose and shit. So that was one thing. Um, but the match was pretty good. Britt Baker looked a lot better. Because in recent weeks, she hasn't really impressed me in the ring. Even though her promos have gotten a lot better. But in ring, she still needs, needs to get better. But this was a great improvement from, from previous weeks. But at the end, Akarushita picks up the victory. In my honest opinion, this was the best match of the night for me. This was the best match of the night for me. And I thought I would never say that about AEW women's match. Because normally the women's division is kind of, eh, they hype them up. Like, they're the best women's wrestlers on the planet. And then you watch them and you're just like, eh. But this match was was really good. I, I enjoyed it. That's my opinion. I enjoyed the match. My favorite match of the night. Then, before we get on to the next match, they show basically another promo video package for John Moxley and Jay Kager saying they're going to beat the shit out of each other next week for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship and the Empty Arena no Holds Bar match. I'm excited for that match. I hope that match is not dead like the Edge and Randy Orton last man standing. I hope it's really brutal. I want to see some crazy shit. I don't want no like punch, punch, throw into the wall and just sell. Punch, punch, throw into the wall and sell. I want some fucking some brawling. If you're going to call it a no host bar, then John Moxley is crazy as he is and Jake Kager is the extreme fighter that he is. We better see some crazy shit. You know? Then we're going to get into the next match of the night. And it was Best Friends versus Kenny Omega and Michael Nakazawa. Before this match, they had like a video of Michael Nakazawa and Kenny Omega in like this trailer and shit. And they were talking about like, so what do you want to call our tag team? And Michael Nakazawa was like, the Best Friends. Omega's like, no, we already have a group called the Best Friends. Orange Cassidy pops out of nowhere, opens the door. Trent and fucking Chuck Taylor is there like really good trying to take our names. You're really going to try to take food off of our plate. Stupid son of a bitch, you're really going to try to do that to us? Then they really, and then what they do, because, you know, Kenny Omega has to have his way. They, best friends, have their tag team name on the line. And if Michael Nakazawa and Kenny Olivier, as Jim Cornyn loves to say, shout out to Jim. If they win, the best friends are no longer best friends, but the best friends tag team name go to Kenny Omega and Michael Nakazawa. Isn't Kenny Omega in a fucking tag team with Adam Page? Why does, it need a, why does he need another tag team? Because he's best friends with Michael Nakazawa? Fuck no. No. And for the and for the match, it was I never, ever want to see Michael Nakazawa on AEW TV ever again. Ever. And I'm gonna tell you why. If I'm wrestling in, in a match, I do not want a grown ass man. Rubbing baby oil on him to make himself slippery so when I grab him for a wrestle, he could just slip out of it. That's the most faggot shit I've ever fucking heard. I don't want to hear no fucking dumb shit like that from you Twitter fucks ever again. Oh, but Michael Nakazawa's entertaining. No, he's not. No, he's not. You're only saying he's entertaining because he's with AEW. But I bet you, I bet you, if somebody in WWE was to start rubbing baby oil, y'all would have been like, oh, Vince is fucking retarded. Vince just sell the, give the company to Triple H because he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. Vince doesn't know real wrestling. Vince doesn't get real professional wrestling. The AEW does by letting this fucking dumb fag shit on TV with a grown man rubbing baby oil on him. 
What the fuck? That is not entertaining. That is dumb as fuck. Dumb as fuck. I never want to see Michael Nagazawa on TV again. Because Kenny Olivier wants to hype up these Japanese fucking wrestlers. That when you finally get to see them, they're nothing. They're overhyped, shitty fucking wrestlers. Besides, like, Okada and a few other people I, I can't, like, get to mention because my brain, I'm just so fucking pissed off. Besides a few people in New Japan that are extremely talented at wrestling, and those only are a select few, then there's the other half where it's just like, this is what y'all Google Gaga about? This is what your motherfuckers hype up? This piece of shit? No. 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 Like I say, because if Michael Nakazawa was in WWE doing that shit, y'all would have been like, yo, what the fuck is Vince doing? But because he's doing it in AEW, AEW could get away with fucking murder and it's fucking it's going to get applauded for. Fuck out of here. This match was fucking stupid. Best friends picked up the victory. I give this match to shoot myself in the fucking face out of 10. Let's fucking move on because Kenny Omega doesn't know what the fuck he's doing in wrestling matches. I said it. Then we're going to get into the next segment. And it was Brody Lee outside pulling up in like this truck in a suit. Then he's basically arguing with fucking creepers from the Dark Order. He's getting mad like, you see this man? He's wearing a tie and a button up. What about your attire? Why can't you just be like him? And all other shit with like the dress code. Sort of like another Vince McMahon jab. Because we heard on Talk is Jericho, the referee. I forgot um, something, Elias. Or Elias something. Right? That he got fired because he wore a fucking t-shirt that was out of dress code. And he was um, let go from WWE. So I'm assuming that's like a jab at Vince for being too strict on the dress code. But whatever. Then we're going to get into a... The next match of the night, and it was Lee Johnson making his AEW Dynamite debut versus the Exalted One, Brody Lee. Brody Lee just looks impressive. This match didn't even go on for like two, three minutes. Hits him with a wicked discus lariat, and Brody Lee picks up the victory. And that's really I, nothing too much to say about that match. Then we're going to get into the main event, and it was the first qualifying match, right, for the AEW TNT Championship, and it was Sean Spears versus Cody. I didn't like this match. I didn't like it. I, I was going to be hyped up for it. I thought, you know what? Cody always makes guys look better in the ring. So maybe Sean Spears could, like, you know, show and prove it. Sean Spears did have a good spot. So like, I got, like, I understand. Like, he's pretty decent in the ring. But overall, like, I just didn't, I, I really didn't like this match. I I really didn't like this match. I I really don't know what I, I don't know what else to say. I just really didn't like this match. Like um, there was a spot in the match where um, Sean Spears grabs like the barricade, takes off like the cloth like covering, puts it on the fucking um ring and suit and tries to suplex Cody on it. Then Cody tries to reverse it, tries to suplex Sean Spears, and Sean Spears turns it around, reverses it, and suplex Cody on the barricade, and the shit didn't even fucking budge. They even fucking bend, not even a little bit. They didn't even fucking bend. And it was just like, what the fuck? Because in WWE, if some shit like that was to happen, it would have been disqualification. The match would have fucking ended. Like we saw a couple of weeks ago on SmackDown with Dolph Ziggler hit a zigzag on Tucker on the steel steps. And then, after that, he, um, Sean Spears rolls Cody back in the ring. And then he takes out a table, sets up a table. Sean Spears gets back in the ring, tries to hit Cody with a C4. 
And then Cody's grabbing onto the rope, grabbing on, grabbing on. He won't let go. Tuck and pull. He's pulling and tugging. Oh my God. Then Sean Spears hits his own version of the attitude adjustment and sends Cody flying through the fucking table. In WWE, like I said, that would have been a fucking disqualification. But whatever. That's neither here or there. I didn't like this match. This was probably my least favorite match of the night. I was hyped about this match. But I just didn't like it. I did not like this match at all. But in the end, Cody Rhodes picks up the victory after hitting two crossroads on Sean Spears to advance into the semifinals in the AEW Dynamite TNT Tournament. And that was the end of Dynamite. My overall rating for Dynamite was a 3 out of 10. And the only thing that I enjoyed was Britt Baker versus Hikaru Shida. And that match was really good to me. That was like the only thing I would give a 3 out of 10. Because I was really bored throughout everything. And the shit with Michael Nakazawa rubbing the baby oil, that shit like, okay, I do not want to fucking watch this shit anymore. Anymore. And I thought that Cody that Cody and fucking Sean Spears were going to steal the show and make me like, okay, I can't, you know, whatever to get me excited for the episode again. And that match didn't even live up to the hype. Yeah, I just didn't like this episode of AEW Dynamite. But anyway, guys, that is the end of this AEW Dynamite review. If you're new to the channel, be sure to subscribe and hit that notification bell. And if you enjoy this AEW Dynamite review, be sure to hit that like with a Stone Cold Stunner. And in the comments, let us know, did you like AEW Dynamite? Did you hate AEW Dynamite? Were you even watching AEW Dynamite? Or were you watching NXT instead? Let us know in the comment section down below. I go by the name Unknown. Pipe Bomb.